a real honor and privilege to be able to share God's word this morning. And before I go into the word, I want to pray. Just as Mel mentioned, the Lord will prepare our hearts to receive the word that God wants me to share today. Just greet me as I pray. Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity. Father, we thank you, O God, where two or more are in your midst, that you are with us. So we know that you are here. Father, we are praying that your presence will remain with us. That you will lead and guide all that takes place. That you will use me, O God, as your mouthpiece to share your word. And I pray for the hearts of every single person that hears this word. That, Lord, that the word that is released, that it will fall on good soil in their hearts. And cause each one, that as that word comes, that that word will bear fruit and flourish within them to your glory. So, Father, we thank you. Have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I was at the back last Sunday, I, I, I recall. Um, as we know, it's been a very difficult last two weeks for us as a church. Bearing in mind, obviously, we lost our brother, Olu, and not long before, well, a month or so before, uh, we lost our sister, uh, Samantha. I remember last week I was at the back, and I remember during the, the service, the worship, and then Nic the Pastor Nicholas came and shared the word. You could really feel the heaviness upon people. Um, you could really feel that people were really weighed down by what has been happening. But I want to share a word today that I believe will really help us to recognize um, God's heart in the current situation that we are in. The word I'm sharing today really is, is managing death. And it's a topic that we know that exists. We know that every day that every one of us at one point we are going to die and stand before God. But it's not a topic that we often discuss and speak about um, for whatever reason. But because of what has been happening with us, it's something that we really need to be sharing in a way that will help us. You know, it's one thing to talk about death when it's distant, or you heard of somebody that's passed or someone that you don't know. But when it's close, when it's somebody that you know, it's a totally different situation. You know, when um, uh, Olu passed two weeks ago, if you recall at the church, we were just getting over the one-year anniversary of um, our beloved Pastor Joe. Also around that time, we lost some people last year. And there was Sharon Allen, our worship leader. Um, there was Vicky and the children that passed all last year. So all the anniversaries for those passing were coming around the same time. And at the church, we were just kind of getting over those things. And then, obviously, we, we, we lost Olu. So it's a very difficult and challenging time on so many levels. But death is very hard to accept. And that's a reality. And one of the main things that makes it hard to accept is the finality of it. And then the aftermath of the reality that life will continue without them. And it's very difficult. You know, I, m I mentioned to um, uh, Lynette 
about a week or so ago that I was just at home doing my routine. And I grabbed my phone, attempted to call my mom. And I remembered, <laughs> my mom's not here anymore. And then last week, I remembered I was helping uh, Tola taking some stuff to her car after everyone came to, you know, commemorate Oli. And as we were going to her car, she had her bag, and then she gave me the bag to give to Erin. And then she turned to me and said, oh, Emeka, please give the bag to Oli. And then she corrected herself, and I was like, but this is the reality. That the person that we've known and that we've loved and that we've been with, we're not going to see them in this capacity again. And it's hard to accept. But this is the reality of death. And with it comes many different types of questions um, that are in our hearts. One of them being, you know, Lord, where were you? And see, at the very center of God is the fact that he is relational. God is a relational God. He wants to know us doesn't want us to be distant. He wants to know us in a relational way. And there were no issues asking God those kind of questions at all. Now, I'm not suggesting that we question God. I remember when Ozzy was here last week, he shared on, I'm not sure if he did communion or so, but he was sharing about uh, Ollie's passing and saying that even though, you know, he's no longer with us, that we shouldn't question God, and it's very true. It's not for us to question God. God doesn't answer to us. So we shouldn't question him in that way. But being honest before God and having a broken heart before him, when we're speaking to him in prayer, it's a good and it's a, it's a righteous thing to do because it is scriptural to do so. You know, David, the psalmist, he wasn't afraid to ask God, really trying questions from the heart. You know, Psalms, 100 and, sorry, Psalms 13, verse 1. David said, How long, Lord, will you hide your face? In other words, Lord, I am going through something right now. You're not here. So how long are you going to disappear and be absent when at this season I need you? But then in verse 5, David said, But... I trust in your unfading love. See, David didn't understand why God behaved in a particular way. Where you want God to step in and intervene in a situation. And then God, for whatever reason, does not step in and intervene in the way you want him to. But even though David was, in one sense, pointing his finger and saying, Lord, where are you? He then addressed it by saying, but I trust in your unfading love. And I want to encourage every one of us here that whatever questions that we are having about the loss of loved ones, whatever things that are in our mind where we're thinking, Lord, I don't understand why you could have done something. It doesn't make sense. Let's take the example of David and still say, Lord, but I trust in your unfailing love. See, when we're going through this process of loss and of grieving, knowing how to pray is very important, let me tell you. But at the same time, it's also difficult. Now, let me ask you, how, how many of you in the last couple of weeks since Oli left have found it easy to be praying? 
sure many of you haven't. It's not an easy thing. Too often when we pray, the emotion of how we're feeling comes through. And it influences at times our, our, our words in, in a way that maybe is not how, um, how it should be per se. But I want to encourage you because Melanie touched on something um, when she was coordinating. And she read a, um, a psalm, I think it was Psalm 121. The book of Psalms. If any time you want to be encouraged to pray, especially when you have lost a loved one, the book of Psalms is almost like a medicine when it comes to the loss of a loved one, I'm telling you. There's a writer called uh, Walter Bujeman. Uh, he's a theologian as well. And he describes certain aspects of the books of, of, of Psalms as a, as a, to some extent as a place of healing, but also as a, as a place that, um, that demonstrates disorientation. And let me explain what that means. When you, you lose a loved one, you go through at times an element of disorientation. That means that you lose a sense of direction. Um, it's like you're, you're, you're dizzy emotionally in, in that kind of respect. And there are some Psalms that communicate how David was feeling in different situations where he felt emotionally dizzy, where he lost his sense of direction, so to speak. But the way David, if you look at the scripture, the way he prayed within those Psalms, he prayed from his heart and he went through all types of emotions from anger to confusion he was frustrated, he was feeling fearful, he felt shame, etc. And many of us can relate to these emotions when you lose a loved one. You know, one of the things with myself and my family when my mom passed was that when my mom passed, anger came up quite quickly within my family because nobody was expecting my mom to pass, even though she was, you know, relatively old. But there wasn't any issue in that way where there was any expectation that she would pass. And as, as the family we began to speak about certain things, this emotion of anger came to the fore. And then people started blaming different ones. Oh, you should have been doing this. Why didn't you check this? Etc. And all those things don't bring cohesion and unity. They bring separation and discord, which is exactly what the enemy wants. You know, when as a family we spoke to our, our children and, and told them about um, Oli, one of them <laughs> made, had a very interesting response. And the response was almost kind of a sense of annoyance and, and a combination of fear and annoyance um, where they said, okay, we, we've lost um, Auntie Sam. Uh, Uncle Yao went uh, a few years back. Pastor Joe went last year. And then they said to us, who's it going to be next? I remember I looked at Lynette and I was like, I'm not too sure how to answer that question. But the only thing we can do is point them towards the word of God. Psalms 28, let me read um, some scriptures. Again, this is David talking in the state of disorientation. He says, to you, O Lord, I call my rock. 
Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. The pit is like a condition again of disorientation. And David uses that reference on many occasions within the book of Psalms. And I remember when I was reading through the book of Psalms and preparing for this, there were many things that David was saying and almost in an accusational way towards the Lord. And I was saying, should David be speaking to the Lord like this? But there's nothing wrong because it's scriptural. Because God, as I said before, is a God of relationship. He doesn't want you to be holding things in your heart. But then you come before him. And the things that are really on your heart, you just park it to one side. And then you say what you think you should be saying because of maybe how, I don't know, how church has been or how people tell you that this is how you speak to God. But then the real things on your heart, you don't communicate those things. That is not how God wants us to be. The book of Psalms helps us to almost bring words to our feeling when it comes to the loss of a loved one. Psalm 22, this is what the psalmist said. It said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So if we do not learn to pray with this sense of transparency and from our hearts, again, as I said before, we are likely to have sections of our lives that we'll end up not speaking to God about. And that is not how the Lord wants us to be. We cannot hide anything from God, or we should not hide anything from him. So let me read some scriptures again from Psalms. Psalms 88, reading from verse 3 to 6. It says, my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to show. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead. Let the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions and in the deep. Psalm 142. Then Psalmist says this. When my voice, with my voice, I cry out to you, O Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before you. I told you my trouble beforehand. Again, this is the psalmist. And as he's speaking, the Lord is bringing healing. The Lord is bringing restoration as we bring the areas of our heart before the Lord. Psalms 120 says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. Amen. So let us use the example of the psalmist. And as we are praying, as we're bringing how we're feeling before the Lord, the Bible says that he will hear our cry and he will answer our prayers when we pray from our hearts. So we're talking about here managing grief or managing death. So when someone dies, the inner pain that, that we feel, at times it is very difficult to explain. So the fact is, you can survive without someone, but none of us can survive without God. 
we need him. And see, that's why God in his wisdom at times, he does things where he strips things away from us in order to make, to make, to make sure that we're not dependent on people, but we are dependent on him. You know, he will send at times people in your life for a season. And those people will be there to help to build you up, to strengthen you, to develop your faith, and to do different things in line with the kingdom of God. But when those people go, and if you allow him to, the Lord will leave you with an assurance that God is in control. And I, and I emphasize when you allow him to, because sometimes, because of the way that our minds can be, God is, is saying to you, trust me. The, your loved one is gone, but I'm telling you to trust me. But because we're so consumed and focused maybe by how we were dependent on the person for in different ways, at times we ignore the Lord lead, calling us and telling to us, trust me. There are three things, more than, more than three, but there are three things that I want to highlight that give room. The loss of the loved one provides three things in the background that we do not always realize that happens. Number one is that it develops your spiritual muscle. There's an opportunity there for your, spiritually, for your muscle to develop and grow. Because again, you're not looking at the person, but you're trusting in God. Number two, it tests your resilience. In other words, it means that this is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. That's what resilience means. It tests your resilience. And number three, it shows you the scope of God's power. The power to restore. God's power to give you strength. In the Old Testament, when Moses died and then Joshua took over, God said to him, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. See, that's something that Joshua could never have learned while Moses was around. And it's a lesson that you can't learn whilst you're looking to someone else for your answers. It's so easy to get caught up by looking to a person. And God doesn't want us to look to a person per se. In any situation, God wants us to look to him. To receive strength from him. So the Lord is really saying to us to be still and to know that he is God. That even in the storm of the loss of a loved one, that we should be still and know that God is in control. You know, your attitude towards death is, is going to make a big difference to how you handle the whole grieving process. You know, the Apostle Paul said that there were some people who are ignorant about these things when it comes to death. They know in theory that one day that is going to be our last. But there's no sense of preparation or bringing that time before the Lord in prayer. You 
You know, we mentioned before that, you know, as a church, that our vision is being ready for the Lord's return or preparing for the Lord's return. And in some senses, when it comes to death, there's a sense of that we need to be ready or we need to prepare when it comes to death because it's coming. It doesn't make any sense that you know something is coming, but yet you don't prepare for it. You just, when it comes, it comes. We need to be wise and prepare for what is coming. So the question is, what do we do? How do we prepare? I've written down here, and this is just from me meditating on the Lord, that we prepare in three ways, practically, mentally, and spiritually. Now, just a few things. Practically, in terms of our preparation, this includes, for example, preparing a will. Because if you don't, what will happen is that whatever you own, the government will just take it from you. So this is practical preparation. Putting together financially, so life insurance, etc., or other financial plans. These are just examples of some practical ways of preparing. If you haven't done any of these things, I encourage you to put them in place. Because these are just practical ways of preparing for when we pass. Then there's mental preparation. Again, this includes deliberate planning for things ahead. It could be the burial, it could be um, uh, succession planning, things that you have in place that maybe you want to pass on to somebody else. But mentally, it means that you are deliberately planning. You're sitting down and you are discussing with your loved ones about how these things will be put in place. Now, see, there's, a, there's almost this taboo in, in our circles uh, in terms of we just don't talk about death or planning for death, etc., And it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. Because unfortunately for so many of us, a loved one dies, and then you, you're starting from, not even scratch, you're starting from like minus, because you don't know anything about their background, you don't know anything about paperwork, etc. And it turns into something that you just don't need to be sorting out, let alone the fact that the loved one is gone. So I want to encourage you, to start building up these difficult conversations. Myself and Lynette, we've had our discussions, and I won't go into them, about discussing with family. Because, as I said, they're just taboo. They don't want to hear sometimes. If you speak about it, it's almost like it's bad luck. Like you speak about, you speak about anything to do with death. No, you're putting a curse on me. I'm not talking about... That's how, it's, that's how it can be received. So we need wisdom in how we broach these conversations. Then there's spiritual preparation, and this underpins everything. This is deliberate prayer. Taking time out to seek the Lord and ask him, Lord, you know when I'm going. I don't know. I mean, you may even want to take it as far as, Lord, can you even let me know when I'm going? I don't know if anyone's prayed that prayer before. If you, if you have prayed that prayer, good for you, because that's the number one way to prepare. Lord, I want to know exactly when I'm going, so let me know. That's your prayer? Brilliant. I remember I prayed that prayer concerning my mom. Because there was a time where I just sensed that, hmm, my mom may be going at some point. So I said, Lord, do not take her without letting me know. 
but the Lord didn't tell me. So that's, that's anyway, that's, that's by the by. But you can pray and say, Lord, let me know, or not even let me know, give me the grace and the wisdom to be able to address everything that I need to do concerning my passing. But again, this is being deliberate, praying that God's will is done and that the plans of Satan are destroyed. Because the reality is that the, en the enemy wants to take every one of us out before our time. The Bible said there's an appointed time. We know we are going to go. But the enemy wants to make sure that we go before. That the time that God has planned, that we don't go then. We go outside of that time. And if we want to make sure that we go when we're supposed to go, we have to engage in deliberate prayer. Speaking to the Lord about our lives. About what it is that we're doing. Sometimes you could be doing things. You can be have some kind of lifestyle that is causing the time that God wants you to go to shift because of what you're doing. So bring it to the Lord in prayer. Because that's how you will know that, okay, Lord, you're showing me about this thing. So Lord, are you telling me that I should stop doing this thing? And then you said, yes. Then you stop doing it. Or the Lord may be saying to you, okay, Lord, I'm just bringing my time, my life before you. You know, you know when I'm going to go, etc. What things do I need to be involved in? And then the Lord lays something on your heart that you need to now start doing. So then you take on that thing, whatever it is, and then you start doing that thing. Because that will align you as to when it is your time to go, that you will go when the Lord has ordained for you to go. But you won't know any of these things unless you bring them before the Lord in prayer. Now for some of us, this is, what I'm saying is very different. Because maybe you've never prayed this kind of prayer before. But I want to encourage you to do so. Because God doesn't want us to be ignorant of anything. He wants us to be aware of what is happening. So that as we have that knowledge, we can then apply things with wisdom and, 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 and guidance as the Holy Spirit leads us. See, young people, you guys, you're not exempt. All you guys here, you're still teenagers. But how many of your, of your teenage friends do you know that are passed on? I'm sure you, 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 you've seen, when you turn on the news, you see people around your age that have died. See, death doesn't pass on or excuse you guys, unfortunately. It doesn't. So this, what I'm talking about, spiritual preparation. You guys need to take that on board as well. And pray that the Lord will guide you and, and preserve you throughout your lifetime. Because there are things now, there are habits now that you guys may be getting into that could be like almost like a, a hindrance and, and stop you from living to the time God wants you to live. So bring it to the Lord in prayer so that the Lord can show you and that you will live up until the time God wants you to live. Amen? My time is nearly up. I think I may end here and pray. You know, it's so important for us to involve God in what we're doing. So I cannot emphasize how important it is. Let's try not to be in a position where we're doing things almost for the sake of doing things in the name of 
being a Christian or in the name of being a church and God is not involved. It doesn't make any sense. There's a story in Revelations um, about the church. I forgot the name of the church. And they were doing all types of things as a church. Joining together in the same way that we were joining together. But the Lord was on the outside. And the Lord was knocking, saying, let me in. But the church was functioning, operating. But the Lord wasn't there. Can you imagine? We recently had a, a, a lovely 50th birthday, birthday party for Mars. Imagine we were all here celebrating Mars outside. And we're there giving our speeches and Mars says this, blah, 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 saying all types of things. Meanwhile, Mars is knocking on the door saying, um, you got, um, I'm supposed to be in there, you're supposed to be, be celebrating. And then we're all just celebrating, enjoying. And then we finish and go home. Meanwhile, Mars is outside, we just walk past Mars and just go in our cars and drive home. Does that make any sense to anybody? But as a church and as children of God, sometimes that's what we do. Because we're focused on the programs, we're focused on the, this has to be done at this time. And we do that, and then God is not involved. I remember I spoke to my neighbor um, some months ago, and she was rushing, told me she was rushing to go to work. And she saw somebody on the way to the station, and the person was just randomly asking them questions. In her mind, she was thinking, I haven't got time to be talking to you. I've got my train to be catching. And as she was talking to them, the person mentioned, um, I don't know how they mentioned about some condition that they had. And um, as they were talking, the condition that the person had, because this girl is a nurse, the team that she works in, they specialize in the condition that this individual has. So she was still listening and she was, wasn't really paying attention. And then, yeah, then she, I think she, um, the guy asked for details or whatever. She left details with the person and then she went to work. Only to get to work later on in the day. And that same person she met with in her workplace. And then they began to speak and minister. And all the expertise that she had, she was able to give to, to this person. But that initial link that she had with the person, in her mind, is like she hasn't got time for this. And then once you tell me, she's saying, this is how God works. That in our mind, we're focused on this. We want to do this. But then God is saying, would you respect? Shut up and focus on what I want you to do. And had she ignored that, who knows? She may have even preserved that person's life from the information that she gave to that person. So my prayer is that our focus will be totally on the Lord. Yes, we have lost our brother Oli. Yes, we have lost our, our sister Sam. We have lost different ones over the years, we know. And one day, our time is coming. But our focus has to be on him. Just as the psalmist was speaking in different ways, that our help comes from the Lord. We have to recognize that our help is in him. So we focus on him completely, wholeheartedly, knowing that he is the one that is in complete control. But we also prepare through prayer. So right now, I want us to stand. I want us to very quickly, just in your own way, just speak to the Lord from your heart and ask the Lord to help you to prepare in whatever way, in whatever way that he's speaking to you. Say, Lord, help me to prepare for the day that I stand before you. Whatever it is that you feel that I need to do, just speak to me and show me. I recognize you as my Lord and as my Savior. I recognize you as the one that is in control of everything. 
So I don't want to be ignorant when it comes to the, the final day that I have on this earth. So Lord, speak to me right now and show me what things do I need to do. Show me how I need to prepare. So right now in your own way, just begin to speak to him. Father, we thank you. We come before you this morning. We recognize you as our king. We know where does our help from, come from, that our help comes from you. So Lord, we surrender all to you. We put away every agenda that is outside of you and pray that you will speak to us right now. How can we prepare? What things do we need to do? We pray that you will help us to have more of a heart to spend time with you, to pray, to seek your face, to spend time in your word. As you speak, give us ears to hear. As you speak, let us be obedient to whatever instructions that you are laying on our hearts, oh God. Father, I make a declaration upon every person here that, Lord, that we will live till the day that you have ordained for us to live, that no person will, will leave this earth prematurely in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you will help us all to hear your heart as you speak no matter what we are doing, no matter what age we are, as you speak, help us to hear and to respond with obedience. So, Father, we thank you. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.